Welcome to Rosedale Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast, featuring the preaching of Dr. Don Paxton, Senior Pastor. It's our prayer that you'll be blessed by these messages. We want to extend to you an invitation to be with us during the week. We meet for worship at 1045 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sunday, and at 7 p.m. on Wednesday evening for our midweek service. Feel free and download these messages and take them with you during the week. We are located on Lee Highway between exits 19 and 22. Also, be sure to check out our website at rbcabingdon.org. Again, welcome, and here is Pastor Don. Well, the challenge upon us, particularly as we're closing out uh, the book of Hebrews, these last few chapters, it gets to the practical experiences of life. Not just debating the doctrinal differences of the Old Testament, the New Testament, but now let's put it into practice. And today uh, I'm bringing a message about faith-filled men. Faithful, well, that's all right, Uh, but faith-filled. Living our lives, faith-filled, living by Faith in God and in what God can do, what, what is possible with him. We're continuing in chapter 11, looking at verses 4 through 7. And we're going to look at three individuals. Now, we're not going to be able to cover everyone in this chapter of faith, the great heroes of faith. Uh, I just don't have enough time left. And uh, if I took the time that's needed, I'd still be preaching come December. But uh, anyhow... I want us to look at three of those today, though, beginning in verse four. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By this, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gift. And even though he is dead, he still speaks through this. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not experience death. And he was not to be found because God took him away. For prior to his translation, he was approved having pleased God. Now without faith, it is impossible to please God. For the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, after being warned about what was It was not yet seen in reverence, built an ark to deliver his family. By this, he condemned the world because an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. These three faith-filled men and how we need to be challenged today as young men and young women, as people of God, all that we would live our life filled with faith. Well, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Father, we pray that you'd speak to us today out of this passage, out of the lives of these three men, though long dead, Lord, they still speak. You've included their testimony here in the New Testament to challenge us as your church, your body, to be men and women of faith and to 
live and believe your word. As Aaron said, there's not a promise in it that will not be fulfilled. There's not a word in it that's untrue. Thank you, Lord. Now let us live by faith on your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So he turns to Abel first. And you know who Abel is. Uh, Adam and Eve had sons, Cain and Abel. And of course, Abel was a shepherd. He kept sheep. And Cain was a farmer. He grew crops. And they brought their offerings to God. And Abel's offering was received with the blessings of God. Cain's offering was refused. A lot of people get into all kinds of things. They say, well, of course, there's no shedding of blood when you're just bringing fruits and vegetables. That's not it at all. There's the offering of the first fruits all throughout the Old Testament. It's not that there wasn't blood involved. It's there was no faith involved. And he didn't obey God. And he didn't bring the best fruits. He, he brought those that were bruised and scarred. And he didn't want. And in doing so, God was angry at him because he didn't do by faith what God told him to do. And so I want you to understand Cain was able. Cain was able to do right. God told him what he needed to do, to do right. And some people get this thought in their mind that so God's will might be carried out. God made Cain do evil and kill his brother. Absolutely not. All he had to do was repent. Uh, for his wrong actions, get his heart right. He was able to do it, but he wouldn't do it. And let me tell you something. As God speaks to us about the things that are in our life that ought not be, or the things that ought to be in our life that are not, and we stubbornly refused to align our life to the word and the will of God that he reveals to us, we become callous and cold, hardened, and, and sooner or later, uh, we're just going to be destroyed in our unbelief. Right. Well, we're not going to lose our salvation, those of us who know the Lord. But we're going to lose our witness and our service and everything else. Cain was not doomed to have to kill his brother. God warned him. Look in Genesis chapter 4, beginning in verse 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, now, they've already offered their offerings. Abel's offering was accepted with gladness. Cain's was refused. And so the Lord says to Cain, why are you furious? And why do you look despondent? If you do what is right, won't you be accepted? Now, listen to this. If you do what is right... Won't you be accepted? Won't you be blessed of God, favored of God? Your prayers are answered if you do what's right. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you. 
You must rule over it. Cain said to his brother, Abel, let's go out into the field. And while they were out in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Now God warned him. God told him, I, I use this passage all the time when I'm counseling with uh, couples. And I tell women, you know, here, here's an area in your relationship that you're really going to have problem with when God says, wives, submit yourself to your husband. Because God said, because of sin, the woman's desire would be to her husband. Remember that? Because of your sin. But that word desire is only used one other time anywhere in all the Bible. And it's used in the next chapter. And it's right here. And he says, sin's desire is unto you. And so it doesn't mean, like I said, wives, you'll, your desire will be to your husband. It doesn't mean, ooh, ain't he pretty? I just want to get my hands on him. <laughs> That's what Tina's always saying. But anyhow, <laughs> control yourself, honey. But I'm telling you. But that's not what it means. Of course, she does. But that's in just the extra that goes along with it. But what it means is you will want to rule your house. And you have to be careful. He says to Cain, sin is at the door. Crouched like a giant lion waiting for you to come out. And if you come out with that attitude, if you haven't changed, if you haven't repented, Sin's going to jump you and it will rule you. And that's what the word desire is to rule over you. So he says, you better get right. Well, here he tells Cain, Cain, you don't have to go through with this. You don't have to kill your brother. All you need to do is to get your heart right. Confess your sinfulness. But Cain was able to change if he wanted to. I hear people say to me, well, don't you think that Judas Iscariot, that God made him uh, to be the way he did and betray Jesus? Absolutely not. God's not willing that people sin. God forbid you think that God would make people sin. No, he did what he wanted to do. Cain, the Lord is trying to get him to do what's right. And he tells him, if you do what's right, you'll be received. But he would not. And he told him, sin is at the door, ready to pounce you. One's a tiller, one's a shepherd. They bring their gifts. Both being a tiller and being a shepherd are honorable positions. And so their offerings would, would be honorable to God if he brought the best of what he brought my dad was in the restaurant business for many, many, many years. And uh, I remember a man came in the restaurant one day. He said, I'm selling tomatoes out here. I got a bunch of seconds and wondered if you want them. They're good restaurant tomatoes. And my daddy said, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you know, they're pitted and everything, but they're good restaurant tomatoes. My daddy ran him out of there. He didn't want anybody to think that he was using subpar uh, things for his restaurant, you know. But that's what Cain brought. He brought that that was not the best 
Now, now the question is asked, why would Cain do that? Well, now there's the Mendelian theory of why people sin. And of course, he says, Mendelian said that sin is carried over from the ancestry and particularly more so sin moves through the mother to the children. That, that was his theory. Well, let me tell you something. There ain't no ancestry here. There's mom and dad and that's it. And so you can't blame it on ancestry. Well, some people say, well, it's the hood. He was brought up in the hood and the hoodlums in the hood had such a powerful sway on him that they, there ain't no hood. He didn't live in the hood. It's sin. And we come up with all kinds of reasons why we do what we do, but we don't want to just up and confess, Lord, I have sinned against thee and thee alone have I sinned. Search me, know my heart, Lord. See if there be any wicked way in me. God, cleanse me, wash me with his off. Whatever it takes. But we've got to confess sin is sin. Cain was able to do what was right. He chose not to. Abel was not able to earn salvation because he did what was right. He didn't earn his salvation because he did what was right. Romans 4, beginning in verse 2 says, Abraham was justified by works. He has something to brag about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. It was credit to him for righteousness. Now, to the one who works, pay is not considered as a gift, but as something owed. You know, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And when you receive death for your sin, you earned it for the way you lived. But that verse goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life. God has a gift to give you if you'll receive it. But Abel could not earn his salvation by his good works. Makes it very clear. It's only by the gift. But to the one who does not work, but believes on him who declared the ungodly to be righteous, his faith is credited for righteousness. Abel could not earn his salvation by works. It's the gift of God and no other way. And so you receive God's gift, forgiveness and cleansing of sin. And it was reckoned unto him. That's a, that's a bookkeeping term. In his column, there was a check in righteousness. It was accounted unto him for righteousness. Thank you. Cain was able, Abel was not able, but God is able. I want you to know this. God is able, God is faithful. And God says, and whosoever shall call upon him shall be saved. If we confess our sin, he has been faithful and he has been just and he has cleansed of all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All we've got to do is look to him by faith. And there's no other way that we can come to him but by faith. And so he said there in verse 5 of Romans 4, he said, 
it was a credit to him for righteousness by faith. Some of you here today have never trusted God by faith. Some of you are still trying to get shaved and bathed and look like you ought to be saved. You need to take off that religious facade. Lay down all that religious attending this and going to that. And just come in simple faith and confess your sin before God. And receive by faith the gift he has for you. Eternal life. Abel was saved because God was able to save Abel because of his faith. God did it all. And then we look to a guy by the name of Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not experience death. You know the story. The Bible said Enoch walked with God and he was not. In other words, he was walking along one day, 365 years of age. He was bopping along one day and the Lord said, Enoch, I, I am pleased with how you're living. Come up here and spend the day with me today. And so he took another step and he was a little bit above the grass. And a step or two later, he is above the hedges. And he walked on above the treetops. And soon he was walking through the clouds. And he entered into glory to spend that day. And that day is not over yet. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. Do you believe that? Amen. I believe every bit of it. You say, well, that, that's a little hard to believe. Hey, the Bible said it. Amen. I don't care. God said it. I believed it. That settles it. Let me tell you, God, it's settled. It's whether or not you're going to believe it or not, whether or not you're going to get the blessings of it. Enoch was a man. Now, he is the father of Methuselah. So if you think Enoch, oh, he, he didn't get to live very long, only 365 years, because his baby boy lived 969 years. This is all prior to the flood. People lived a lot longer prior to the flood. But Enoch was a man who walked with God. We read in Genesis chapter 5, beginning in verse 21. Enoch was 65 years old when he fathered Methuselah. And after the birth of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and fathered other sons and daughters. So Enoch's life was 365 years. Enoch walked with God then he was not there because God took him, Amen. translated him, moving on up. He moved him up, uh, took him up in glory. Oh, he was a man of faith. He believed God. His translation, it says it took him away. Then the, the word in Greek, harpazo, is catch away, to snatch away. Amen. Now, we take our word rapture from the Latin Vulgate that replaces harpanzo with ratizzo, but it means to snatch away. You know, there's going to be a day when all believers who are living, 
The trump of God will sound. The dead in Christ will rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be snatched up, caught away to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I believe that. I'm a little old and senile. Yeah, slow of thought. But I believe every bit of it. I'm listening for the trumpet sound. It could be any day. God took him away and and that day is coming. His testimony. He walked with God. Can they say that of you? You know, walk with God. That is a steady pace. That's not lag behind. That's not run ahead. And it's not hop. From one stone to the next to the next. But it's consistency. A consistent walk with a consistent awareness of God in your life. Enoch walked with God. I believe any one of us that would walk with God for 365 years, he'd take note of that. Somebody would. Saw that picture in the paper today of that mother and her son and daughter. And mama just turned 107. She doesn't look a day older than 77. And her kids were in their 70s. I'm telling you, 365 years, people would take note of that. What if we just walked with God? 365 days. What if we just dedicate it? Lord, I want to do everything I can do to walk with you for this year, this coming year. Lord, 365 days. Let me just walk with you. Consistency. He said in verse 5 and 6, God was pleased with that. And then he says, for without faith... It's impossible to please God. So if he pleased God, it was his faith that pleased God. Are we living by faith? What's missing from our life? What can we really define as this is where I live by faith? This is what I'm trusting God to do. This is what I'm Desiring to see God do. Depending on God to do. Where's the faith in our life? His testimony. That constant faith. That constant obedience to God. His triumph. He was raptured into the presence of the Lord. Oh, that's going to be the triumph someday for believers. I don't know if I'll still be around or not, but I can tell you it's going to be triumph when that trumpet sounds. Dead in Christ rise and we're snatched up in the twinkle of an eye. Everything is changed. Hallelujah. I, I believe with every fiber of my being, if I believe Jesus was born of a virgin, wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger, if I can ever celebrate Christmas, I better believe he's coming and coming again. Amen. Coming soon. Amen. 
First Thessalonians four, beginning in verse 13. We don't want you to be uninformed. Brothers, concerning those who are asleep, so that you don't grieve like the rest who have no hope. I've got a daughter, Sarah. She's been in heaven, I think, a long time. She's only been there in the twinkle of an eye. Got a daddy. Been there, a mom. Oh. But I, I, I don't grieve as those who have no hope. I have an assurance. They're with the Lord. Since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, in the same way, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. For we say this to you by revelation of the Lord. We who are still alive at the coming of the Lord will certainly have no advantage over those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. And the trump of God shall sound. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then those who are still alive will be caught up together to meet them in the clouds. So shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Hallelujah. Enoch was the first rapture. God took him up. Because he was a man that walked by faith. And then we look to Noah. By faith Noah, after being warned about what was not yet seen, in reverence, built an ark to deliver his family. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Noah, completely living by faith, mentally, God spoke to him. I say to people, God spoke to my voice, spoke to my heart about this, and I I didn't hear his voice, but it was more thunderous than a voice could ever be. People say, oh, they don't think God does it. Let me tell you, I'm truly puzzled if God never speaks to you. I I talk to my children every time I get a chance to. He talks to his. God speaks. I hear his voice. By faith, Noah's mind was set upon the things of God so that he might hear God's voice. And he knew the heart and the mind of God. Emotionally, He was completely sold out to God. He reverently built an ark. He loved the Lord. He loved the Lord's voice. He knew the Lord loved him. There was no reservation in what God told him to do. Because he knew it was for his best and for the best of those around him. Practically, he acted on what God said to him. We hear the voice of God all the time. But we never put it into practice. We get convicted and we know what needs to be changed. We know what needs to be omitted. We know what needs to be added. But we just go on the same way we've always gone. 
we wonder, why aren't things changing? He was totally committed. Can you imagine that? God tells him in a dream, it's going to flood. It had never rained on the face of the earth prior to the flood. Never rained. Bible says a mist went up from the ground and watered the plants, but it never rained. And God tells him, build a boat 450 feet long, 45 feet wide, and three stories tall. Now, you're not going to hide that. You're going to build that. The neighbors are going to know something's up. I mean, there's something going on. I think he's lost it. You know, we are scared to death to have people think we've lost it. People say, well, he's just a nut for Jesus. That's all right, but I'm screwed on to the right boat. I can tell you that right now. I don't care what people say. I want to hear what God says and then act on it. He's building a boat inland. He's not building it by a bay. He's building it inland and it never rained before. He's just doing it in obedience to God. Oh, that we would just obey God when he speaks. How, how do you do that? By faith. And look at his faith. It's not only complete faith, it's championing faith. He was the champion of his family. By faith, he saved his whole family. His wife, his three sons, and their wives. And that was it. Eight people. Let me tell you something. If we would be champions by faith in obedience to God, we'd save our children. But instead, we're throwing our children into the fire of the belly of Moloch. We're offering them up as sacrifice to be accepted and pleased to the world around us. God forbid. We're the champions for Christ. We're the champions who are going to stand, watch over their children and their grandchildren. He was a champion. His faith was condemning. When he obeyed God, in the same way, he condemned the world that was around him. Matter of fact, the Bible says it took him 120 years to construct the ark. Me, I'm not that way. You know, I start building something. I, I, I paint something. I put the second coat on before the first coat's dry. If I'm doing two-tone, they all just run together. I'm telling you, it just, I'm impatient. Build something that took a hundred. My brother built an airplane. Went up in it, flew it and everything. He built that plane himself. I mean, just came in little pieces. Built the whole thing. Took him years to build. You say to him, Gary, when's the plane going to be finished? Tuesday. That's all he'd ever say, Tuesday. But then one day, we went up in his plane. Oh. A four-seater. It's called a Velocity. Oh, man, beautiful. 
He built it piece by piece. Me, if you take the maiden flat and I built it, it wouldn't make it to the end of the runway and there'd just be parts laying all the way down through there. <laughs> nothing dried, nothing. Noah's a patient man. For 120 years, he obeys God, ridiculed by everyone around him, but he's constantly preaching the gospel. He's ever calling people to believe in God. The ark was big enough for more than just eight people. There was room for any believer, but there was not one outside of his family. And in so doing, condemned the world. He didn't. They condemned themselves. When I share the gospel with you and you turn around and walk away, you condemned yourself. I didn't condemn you. Some people believe, well, if you don't witness to people and they die, then they'll have a chance to go to heaven. Well, that's crazy. The Bible says all have sinned. They're already damned to hell. We're to go rescue them. I mean, if that were a fact, let, let's just take a country like Africa and let's just build a wall around it and make sure the gospel never gets in there so everybody in there will be saved because they never heard. But that's not the fact. He saved his family. But in so doing, the world's condemned because he told them the truth. Second Peter 2, 5. He didn't spare the ancient world, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others when he brought a flood on the world of the ungodly. It's a crowning faith. The heir of righteousness. Second Timothy 4, 8, there's reserved for me in the future, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only me, but to all those who love his appearing. Oh, it's a crowning faith. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in him and him alone. Surrender everything that you have to his lordship. Be filled, faith-filled, and God will bless you. He'll bless your family. But God hates lukewarmness. He said to the church of Laodicea, because you are neither hot or cold. Back when I could drink milk, I only drank milk when it was cold. I grew up down there on Grandma Ada's farm, going up to the barn, milking the cows, carrying that milk back to the house, straining it through one of Grandma's aprons and Grandma Ada's apron, and then drinking it for breakfast. And about 98 degrees. But I'm telling you, can't stand warm milk. And when the cow got in the onions, then that's sickening. Oh, I hate warm. People say, won't, won't me fix you a little warm milk and help you sleep? Mm, no. Warm milk, I'll die right here. 
I don't like warm milk. I like it cold. I like it nearly frozen. Now, coffee, I like coffee hot. I drink coffee. I want it hot. I want you to refill my cup before I get halfway through it because by then it's too cold to drink. I like things hot and I like things cold. I don't like them in the middle. Neither does the Lord because you're neither hot. I'd rather you be cold. I'd rather you be lost as a goat because then I can get you saved. Or I'd rather you be on fire for the Lord. But this going to church and just pretending, it's just a pretense and there's no real commitment or faith lived out in your life. He says, you sicken me and I will vomit you out of my mouth. People, we need to be faith-filled. We need to be men and women like Abel, living by faith. Enoch walked by faith and was not. Noah heard God's voice and acted on it. Where's your faith? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Just let the Spirit of God speak to your heart this morning. Make sure to visit our website, rbcabingdon.org, where you'll find both video and audio archives of sermons. Here you will also find information about our church as well as our location. We're glad to have you listen to our sermon podcast. Have a blessed day, and God bless you.